Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Welcome to Live From Home. I'm Rabbi David Levine. I bring you greetings from my wife, Sandy, too. And I want to welcome all of our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Mishpocha together to Live From Home. And our friends who normally listen on podcasts, we're so glad you could join with us either via Facebook or podcast if you're listening to this later. But we also want to give a special welcome to our friends who are watching with us right now all over the world and encourage you to participate with your comments tonight. Let us hear from you. We always consider that a great privilege to connect with you through the comments section. This is Arab Shabbat on Friday, June 5th, 2020. And this evening, we will welcome Eric and Anya Painter, who will join us and invite us into their home. They'll be leading us in Hebrew prayers and in worship. And then after that, Rabbi Yuri and I will return to life from home and we'll study some scriptures together. And we'll also be trying to encourage you and strengthen you during these challenging times. Right now, I want to ask you to hit the share button so you can let your friends know on Facebook that this is a good time to join in with us and hit the like and the follow buttons too, if you haven't already. And I want to say how glad we are that people, not just in Jacksonville, not just in Florida, but in cities and states all over the United States, in Canada and countries all over the world are joining with us. It really is a, a great privilege to be able to join together with you. And so on behalf of my wife, Sandy, I want to say Shabbat Shalom. And now let's welcome Eric and Anya Painter to Live From Home.
Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity.
Thank you, Eric and Anya. Shabbat Shalom congregation. Good evening, everyone, and welcome into our home. I'm so happy to share this time with you, and I thank you for joining us today. We are living in a very difficult time with so many complications around us. We see how people are filled with the confusion and emptiness. Um, this is a, a difficult time, difficult world and difficult time to live in. It reminds me Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 15. And let's open together Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. It's, it's really reminds me today's time. So pay close attention to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise. Make the most of your time, because the days are evil. For this reason, I love this verse 17. For this reason, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. The Bible is calling us to be wise, to remember, please remember, that the days are evil. And do not be foolish but understand that the Lord's will is for our life today. What I know about the Lord, that we will not be able to surprise him with anything or put him in the corner because of the difficult circumstances. He is the Lord and he knows everything. And he has an answer and directions for every challenges in our lives. He has an answer for for today, for every one of us. And my prayer from all my heart today is that the Lord will direct us and help us to remember, please remember that, that first of all, we are his children and not the children of the worldly system. And our lives are guided by the values and rules of the heavenly kingdom. This is my prayer for all of us. Let us be guided by his rules, by his directions, by his values. It is so important for us today. I want to mention about one very difficult situation in, in the life of our Messiah and the Lord Yeshua. And he is an example for us, all of us. It is in John chapter 18, the last moments him on this earth. He in front of Pilate. So Pilate answered to him. It was a difficult moment for him. Everything was against him. He was alone without anybody standing with him. He was tempted and he was pushed from all the directions to, to do something. But I love this place of scripture because it showed me his approach and he's an example for all of us. It is in John chapter 18, verse 35. Pilate 
answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and ruling Kahanim handed you over to me. What have you done? Yeshua answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Judean leaders. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. We need wisdom of God. We need his direction. We need his presence today with us. And we need to learn how to walk in his kingdom and to be led by his values. This is the first thing for us. This is the most important. We are his children. We are his sons and daughters. And he's our Lord and Father. And he's our friend. One of the most interesting and meaningful scriptures about the kingdom values is in Philippians chapter 2. I believe it is so important. Please open with me Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Because if you will grasp it, it can change our life, can change our approach, can change every day of our lives. Read it for yourself. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfishness or conceit. But with humility, consider, as, uh, consider others as more important than yourselves. Verse 4, looking out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verse 5, have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Messiah Yeshua. This is the attitude of Messiah Yeshua. This is the attitude of the king of Israel, who had the power to... to to destroy all the world, but he was filled with compassion, with love. He considered others more important than himself. Please think about it with humility. Consider others as more important than yourselves. This is the value of the kingdom of God. And it is in constant fight with value of this worldly system, which is to love only yourselves, to fight and to like, to think all about yourself. But this is very important. This is our decision, which is to follow. I, I want to um, share one, one opinion with you. It's my opinion, my thoughts, because when I'm thinking about my life, about life, lives of people around us, I believe it is so important. So. Let us read First uh, Corinthians chapter 13. So because we can have many opinions and truths, but I know one thing, everything will pass, but only these three will remain. But now these three remain, hope, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. We call to have God's attitude in our heart. We call to have faith trust in the Lord. 
We're called to have hope in the Lord, not to be hopeless. When we see around us what's going on, we're like Peter in the middle of this storm. And it's, it is horrible. It is no answer around us. It is so dark, windy. It is dangerous there. But the Lord called us to have and keep faith, to trust in him, to keep hope from him. <laughs> because he's our answer. We have hope in Yeshua, the Messiah. And third one, we call to have love. And the greatest of these is love. Love. Not only to the Lord, but to people around you. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, verse 15. I mean, it is so clear. It is in the scriptures. We are children of God. This is our obligation to, to think about it and to imply it in our life. So it's important for us. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, and the boosting of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Verse 17, the most important verse here. The world is passing away alone with its desire. But the one who does the will of God bites forever. The world is passing away. Everything in this world. But the one who does the will of God bites forever. It is so important for us to remember. Now, why I talk about it? How it relates to today's message? I talk about it because one of the most important parts of the Torah's portion for today teach us about the blessing from the lord and how to bless the people of israel it's really captured my heart it is so important it is there in the scripture in torah portion one of the most beautiful things with the lord in my life for me is that the, he loves me and he always wants good for me even despite of my mistakes or sins he is always merciful to me. This is the greatest thing in this world. I love the Lord. Not because he is justice. Yes, he is a justice. And I love his justice. But also because he is merciful. And he loves me. And he wants to bless me. He wants only good for me. So let us read one of the most well-known passages from the Torah portion. It is the blessing that Rabbi David prays every Shabbat over the congregation. So we are all very familiar with the words. It is in Numbers chapter 6. It is today's Torah portion. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. And again, Adonai said to Moshe. It is not ideas of Moshe or Aaron or people of Israel. It's not their anthem or good song. It is the Lord. He is giving commandments to, to Moses. Speak to Aaron and his sons and tell them that this is how you are to bless the people of Israel. 
you are to say to them and think about this is the prayer from the Lord, his will to us, his heart to us. He wants to give us something so important in these words. Yevarecha ha donai veishmarecha. Yaera donai panavalecha vihunecha isa donai panavalecha vayasem lecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face shine on you and show his, you his favor. This is the Lord speaking about us. This is his will for us. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you his peace. In this way, they are to put my name on the people of Israel so that I will bless them. It is beautiful. And what captured my heart when I read it this time, that doesn't matter in what position people of Israel were or how difficult it was to serve them because of their unfaithfulness to the Lord. The priests had an important role, an important task in their lives. Every day on the morning sacrifice, they were to pray this blessing over the people. Speaking that prayer was to become one of the most important parts of their ministry in the temple. This was the ministry not of condemnation, not of cursing, but of life, but of blessing, of the blessing to them, for them. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, it's the very interesting place of scripture. It's the description of, um, of the duty of priests. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8. At that time, Adonai set apart the tribe of Levi, and let's think about it, to carry the Ark of the Covenant, the first thing, and to stand before Adonai to serve him. It is the second thing and to bless his name. It is the third thing, as they still do today. We can see that speaking this blessing upon the people of Israel was one of the most significant roles of the priesthood. Carry Ark of the Covenant, stand in service before him, and the third one, very important part, to bring the blessings of Adonai over Israel. There was some important detail to this assignment, which we must understand. This prayer, which we call the Aaronic benediction, was to be spoken on the morning sacrifice. It was a testimony that the Lord was pleased. He accepted their sacrifice. He gave his mercy and protection to his people. Yes, we know that Yeshua is our priest is in fact our high priest and for all time he is our high priest and amazingly he is not only our priest but he is also our sacrifice he brought the perfect sacrifice became the perfect sacrifice for us and for all mankind i want to read from romans chapter 8 and also it's an important place about blessings for us Romans chapter 8, verse 31. I love these words. This is beautiful words. If God is for us, 
who can be against us? He who did not share even, uh, spare even his own son, but gave him up on behalf of us all. Is it possible that having given us his son, he would not give us everything else too? So who will bring a charge against God's chosen people? Certainly not God. He is the one who causes them to be considered righteousness, righteous. Who punishes them? Certainly not the Messiah Yeshua, who died and more than that, has been raised, is at the right hand of God and is actually pleading on our behalf. This is our reality, Mazel Tov. The Lord is always for us. He, desi he desires to only to bless us and to keep us, to be with us. Heart of the Lord is full of love, mercy, compassion. The name, and you know, when I thought about it, please think about it. The name of our Messiah is Yeshua. God is my salvation. He is not the God of destruction or, you know, this, but He is salvation. His plans are the best for us. He will not lead us to, to death. Instead, He wants to give us life and hope to fulfill our future. His presence always brings repentance and forgiveness, restoration and peace. And my point here, what I want to say for us today, I want to capture you. Please think about it. The Lord call us to be a blessing for others, to bless others, to be blessing to other people. This is our calling, to be a blessing. And if we want to be effective as a children of God, we must learn not to curse, but to bless. Not to live a selfish life, but to be a blessing for others. With humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. It is so important. So I want to read one more place of scripture and this is what I want to share for today because it is so important in these days to, to be a blessing to others, to, to be peacemaker, a peacemaker, to, to have this peace in your heart and to bring this peace to others, to share this peace of God. It's in Ephesians 1, verse 2 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the, in the heavenly places in Messiah. Amen. Thank you very much. And let's welcome Rabbi David. Rabbi David. Rabbi Yuri, thank you for, for sharing that message about the importance of having our values centered in the kingdom of God and in the heart of Yeshua and then being a blessing to one another. You know, one of the challenges of the priesthood was this, every priest knew he was guilty for his own sin, but he also knew that the people who were coming to him, the Jewish people who were coming to him, were coming to confess their sins. And so one of the things that is useful to us is to have the priestly heart that says, I myself sin, and I know everyone who's trying to come to the Lord is also sinning. 
and let it be that we're useful to help people be restored to God. When people are restored to God, when they can confess their sin, then God is not only faithful, he's not only just, but he to forgive, but he also cleanses us of our unrighteousness. And one of the ways that he manifests that cleansing in us is as we're coming to him and returning to him, we can be restored to people as well. And so it takes humility before God and before people to have restoration. The ministry of the priests was this, it was, it was a calling of restoration. And think about the new covenant. If we are to be a kingdom of priests, if the priesthood of Israel is now to be extended even further so that the whole nation of Israel would be a priest to the Lord. And if the new covenant extends that even further so that everyone who joins themselves with Israel, with the Jewish people and with the Jewish Messiah also takes on this priestly function, then let's understand this, that our priority is to bring restoration to the broken people, to the broken world. My goodness, the COVID-19 and uh, the problems of racism and ethnic hatred in front of us in these days, aren't they proof that the world is broken, that the situation is broken? And how will it be prepared, repaired? It will be repaired when you and I are repaired before God, when we take up the mantle of priestly ministry on behalf of others, not preferring ourselves, but seeking the good of others. It's easy in these times to grow impatient. It's easy as well to grow weary of doing good. It's easy to become, to become discontent in this sense, feeling like things will never change. But I can tell you this, the children of Israel had frustration, they had fury, they, they couldn't stand the injustice of their slavery in Egypt. And they cried out to the Lord and they cried out to the Lord and he did hear them and he did answer them. And he sent, he sent Moses in order to bring leadership to their redemption so that they could participate in God's plan for restoration. When you and I are crying out, don't grow weary and crying out to the Lord, be strong in this because I believe the Lord is hearing our cries and the Lord wants to do something marvelous in our sight. He wants to pour out a spirit of humility and contrition on all of us. He wants us to recognize that his mercy is going to triumph over the injustices and the shames of this world and be strong in this, be courageous in this. I'm, I'm wanting to encourage you, don't lose heart, even in the midst of all of these difficulties. I wanna connect with what Rabbi Yuri was saying about the blessing of Aaron, the ironic benediction found in Numbers chapter six, starting in verse 22. And these words are so familiar to us that it's useful to think about them in a fresh way. When we say, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you or keep watch over you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and show you his favor or be gracious on you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace, his peace 
in the name of Yeshua. When we say that, we want to receive a blessing, but not only that, we want everyone around us to receive a blessing. That's a posture of preference where you and I are expanding what's in our heart. We're not just selfishly looking for blessing, but we want to be a blessing and we want to see other people's blessed. That's one detail I want to focus on, but there's another detail that I think is perhaps even more important and foundational. And it's this, may the Lord, may the Lord, may the Lord, may the Lord bless you. Many of us forget, we get distracted that the greatest source of blessing is the Lord himself. Don't look for your blessing to come from other sources, even though God will work through other sources. But let it be that every good thing that happens to you and every good thing that you experience is a cause for you to give thanksgiving to God and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, mighty God, for your kindness and your favor. Let it be that you and I are people who bear witness to the fact of God's goodness and that even in the midst of this broken world, we can say the Lord has been good to us and the Lord has been merciful to us. When the Lord hears your cries, when you give voice to him about the things that have afflicted your soul, when you do that, he hears you and he sends an answer. And often the answer comes through other people who are showing love for God and love for you by reaching out to you with the love and the kindness and the compassion of the Lord. When that happens, take note of it and thank the Lord and be thankful for the people. Even if the situation is not completely repaired, know this, God is hearing you and he wants to use you and your prayers. And he wants your prayers to be powerful and effective. And he wants the cause of Messiah, the restoration of this world to be fulfilled. And you have a hand in that by the way that you live for Messiah, the way that you pray, the way that you serve him. Now with that in mind, I wanna connect with last week in Shavuot and just make mention of something that the gifts of the spirit are very important, but they're not everything. And in fact, what's so important, the Apostle Paul, who was encouraging the Corinthians, who were a bit chaotic, undisciplined, and, and without training and knowledge about spiritual gifts, he encouraged them in spiritual gifts. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. And then he made it clear that spiritual gifts are not just given for the individual who receives a gift, but for the sake of other people who will be blessed through that individual. So that requires that you and I have an attitude of service on behalf of other people so that we're not just exalting ourselves or using spiritual gifts as if they are a badge that shows how good we are. Actually, spiritual gifts don't show how good you are. If you want to have a better point of reference, look at the fruit of the spirit and see how the fruit of the spirit is working in your life because anyone can have spiritual gifts including people who are living half-heartedly for the lord and sometimes people who have gross sin in their lives have strong spiritual gifts for the sake of other people but it's not a badge that describes how good they are it's important to combine not just spiritual gifts um, 
with your life with Messiah, but the fruit of the Spirit as well. As well, Spiritual gifts can be given in a moment, in an instant, to even the brand new believer, but the fruit of the Spirit really can't come without time. It takes time to develop the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul writes this, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm only a ringing gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have absolute faith so as to move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and exult in the surrender of my body, but have not love, I gain nothing. The Apostle Paul was speaking in these strong terms because he understood this, that the gifts of the Spirit without love gain nothing for anyone. Love is the most important of all the fruits of the Spirit. You want to have love, you want to have faith, you want to have hope, you want to have patience, you want to have righteousness and justice and perseverance. There's so much you want to have. But without love, none of it counts. You see, God is a God of love and he wants us to love him, but he wants us to spread that love strongly to other people. And I wanna encourage you during these times, don't try to be right, try to be loving. Don't try to fix things the way that, that your side sees things. Try to embrace people in many different ways, from many different positions. Show preference to people who have come to different conclusions and reached different um, approaches than you have. And I think it will go well with you. Well, with that in mind, I wanna talk about such an important issue that we're facing right now that has to do with the, the problem of racism in our country. And I wanna start with just very important acknowledgement that our congregation is diverse and includes many members who are black and people of color. Our families are diverse as well. And many of our families at Beth Israel are biracial or multiracial, and many are multi-ethnic as well. Our congregation includes Jews and Gentiles. Gentiles meaning other ethnic ethnic groups, people of different ethnic backgrounds, and we also include Jews of color as well. And we celebrate our diversity and we accept the challenges of loving one another with all of our differences. In fact, in our membership class, we talk about how important this diversity is to us. And if you want to be in a homogeneous setting, you want to be with people just like you, go to your closet, take a mirror, be all alone. But in our congregation, we've got lots of diversity. We celebrate that diversity. And we recognize that in having so many people of different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different skin colors, different language groups, coming from different socioeconomic strata, it's important to love each other with our differences to use our differences to strengthen our love for each other and not to try to make us all the same. We don't wanna be thrown into the blender and just blenderized and thrown in like the basimatic where we're just turning into one bloody mess together. As a mishpocha, 
We learn to weep together during times of sorrow, during times of mourning and loss. And we also learn to weep together during times of intercession when we are praying about the sins and the iniquities and the transgressions of mankind, of humanity in the world around us. As a mishpocha, we also learn to laugh together and to celebrate together during times of joy and times of gladness and times of blessing. And so we laugh and we cry together. What unites us is not a political position or a political party or even a common sense of partisanship. What unites us, as Rabbi Yuri was talking about, is the shared commitment to the kingdom of our God, to the authority of the Lord, to the values, the teachings of Messiah Yeshua, to his lordship, and our shared commitment to power of Torah, of the prophets and the writings, as well as the writings of the apostles and the Brita Hadashah. And in this season, it's important for us to say so clearly that we're standing in solidarity with our black members, with our black friends and families who are suffering in this time as they're reminded of the continued reality of racism and the inequality before the law and police and ethnic hatred. And we cling not to a partisan position, not to a political position, but we cling to the prophetic call for an end of enmity between ethnic groups. We cling to the prophetic call from our very own scriptures that the rule of Messiah, that Messiah would come and because of him, nations would no longer learn to make war against each other and to battle uh, with hatred against each other. There's an extended passage from Micah that touched my wife Sandy this week during her study. She shared it with me and I want to share it with you. It's Micah chapter 4, starting in verse 2. Let me read it to you. Many nations will come and they will say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. For the Torah will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And then he, the Lord, will judge between many peoples and he will arbitrate for strong nations far and wide. And then they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer take up the sword against nation, nor will they train any more for war. And each man will sit under his own vine and under his own fig tree with no one to frighten him, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. This is a prophetic word in the scriptures of Israel that's also found in part in Isaiah. But it's a theme in the scriptures, and it's something that we embrace. And we boldly embrace this and say, let it be that God exercises his authority to restore and let us humbly be, come before him and depend on him. Let us learn his Torah. Let us learn his ways so that we can live a blessed life. We also cling to the prophetic call for justice from that's expressed in Amos 
chapter 5, verse 24, let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. You and I are called to use the spiritual authority that we have as disciples of Yeshua to build up, not to tear down, as the apostle Paul put it. And I want to encourage you, use your authority to build up. Use your authority to make peace. Use your authority to help people understand one another and to understand differences. Don't get into battles of words during this time. Listen to each other. Take time to listen to our black brothers and sisters. Take time to listen to the people of color in our community and your neighborhood to hear about their experience, their sorrow, their need, their desire, their hope that the Lord will have victory, their desire to be used by God, and yet the challenges they face in the midst of this terrible situation that we're all trying to deal with. I want to encourage you to do this and to share whenever you hear someone doing good, to share that with others so that we can encourage each other. Late this afternoon, the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America and the International Alliance of Messianic Congregations and Synagogues, of, of which we are a part, issued uh, a public statement on the tragic death of George Floyd. And I want to read that to you tonight. Let me read to you these words. The leadership of the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America, on behalf of its constituency, would like to express our deep sadness as we stand together in one accord with the national heartache over the tragic death of George Floyd. Our heartfelt prayers are with the family and friends of Mr. Floyd, and we express our most sincere sympathies in unity with our African-American brothers and sisters who currently lament the sorrow of the centuries-old struggle against racial hatred. As Jewish people, we know the pain of not being treated on an equal basis by others. We are well acquainted with the inhumanity and suffering that results from discrimination and persecution, which historically has given rise to the death of so many of our people. We stand in condemnation of the heinous act committed by those who wrongfully took Mr. Floyd's life. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. famously said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We could not more agree. The tragedy in Minneapolis has touched us all. As Dr. King well knew, the Bible teaches us many principles about how men ought to live, but none is more fundamental nor urgent in our time than the word that Yeshua gave us concerning the brotherhood of mankind. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. John 15, 12. We who love America and believe it to be a nation greatly blessed by God, must nonetheless recognize how much our great soil has been stained by the sin of racism. Although America has made meaningful and important strides forward in advancing the civil rights of all, it is sometimes difficult to imagine if and how the country can ever overcome such great a sin. And yet we have hope as scripture declares, above all, Keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. 
We love our African-American brothers and sisters, and we do hope and pray that Mr. Floyd's tragic and unnecessary death will perhaps bring people in this great country to a place of greater love and understanding. We are all children of the same creator. We are all sinners in need of a savior. Our heartfelt prayer is that we can come together at this moment and humbly ask Almighty God for the healing, restoration, and renewal we so desperately need in America today. He has told you, humanity, what is good and what the Lord is seeking from you, only to practice justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, verse 8 from the Executive Committee of the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America and the Steering Committee of International Alliance of Messianic Congregations and Synagogues. I think that's a useful statement for all of us. I wanted to share with you that statement um, that has just been published today, that late this afternoon, by our IMCS, of which I am a member of the Steering Committee and the MJAA Executive Committee, which I've served on, for many years. Our heart is to stand in solidarity with our black brothers and sisters here in America, throughout the world, and to say that you deserve equality, you deserve justice, and we want to show our love to you, our respect to you, our kindness to you, not just at moments of crisis, but every day. And that's why our congregations are places that welcome you and consider it an honor that we can all be together and show the love of God through our diversity. So I wanted to share those thoughts with you. I want to as well add another thought. It's a statement of solidarity about a different group of people and a different situation, but also timely. And it's those who are vulnerable and those who are at risk and those who have decided to exercise cautious protocols during this time. And I want to tell you that we want to stand with those who are at risk and vulnerable because of their health, because of their age, because of underlying conditions that they face, because of family members who are at risk or vulnerable. And in order to protect them, they are exercising cautious protocols or because they themselves just want to be cautious at this time. We want to stand in solidarity and tell you, don't, don't grow impatient with this. Um, you may be weary. You may be feeling like others are judging you, or you may even feel guilt or pressure to abandon the protocols that you've determined you need to follow. But I, I want to say, don't do that. Be strong. Follow the protocols that you feel necessary. Sandy and I are following very cautious protocols and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future this year. And whether you're young and old, whether you have some clear sickness or not, if you have any vulnerability, if you have any risk that causes you to understand that you need to be cautious too, be strong in that. Our congregation will support you in that. We love you and we will stand firm with you. And as your rabbi, I can assure you of this, we will encourage you to do what's wise and safe for you. So these are some important thoughts we wanna share with you. I also want to take a few moments and pray for 
Marlene Stone, she is battling some illness right now and we wanna pray for complete healing. Lord, we lift Marlene up to you right now and we pray for strength, for vitality, and for full recovery in the name of Yeshua. We also wanna pray for Elizabeth Stone who had successful surgery this week and is now recovering. Lord, let Elizabeth's recovery be strong and complete in Yeshua's name. And also, we want to pray for Diana Levine, for her sister, Sandy Delgado, for her sister, Norma Title. They are mourning the passing of their mother, Diana Levine's mother, this week. And we just want to stand in solidarity. Let's pray now. Lord, we thank you for Rebbitz and Diana. We thank you for her love and her faithfulness. And we thank you for her mommy who passed away. And we pray, Lord, that you would pour out comfort upon the Levine family, the whole extended family, the Delgado family, the Title family, that they will all experience the mercy and the love of God during this season. Let them comfort one another with blessed memories of their beloved mommy. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. I want to thank everyone who has continued to support Beth Israel and those of you who have been faithful all these weeks and months. We are just so grateful to you. And we know this, that the Lord wants to bring increase to you. This is, this is another psalm that the Lord put on Sandy's heart. I want to read it to you. I shared it last week, but I want to read it again to you. Psalm 115 verses 14 and 15. Here's one translation, but this has really captured Sandy's heart and it's one of her prayers for you. I want to join in too. May the Lord increase both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The Lord who has made heaven and earth, he is your source. And we thank you for all of you who are standing faithfully with the Lord, faithfully together with one another, faithfully with us. Thank you for your generosity. We're praying for the Lord to bring increase to you in every way, not just financially, but with your health, with your relationships, that this would be a time of unity in your family, a time of healing and restoration in your family. And so we want to thank you for your steady giving, your faithful giving. Special thanks to everyone who has set up recurring giving on our um, Giving Fire and PayPal platforms. Those recurring gifts really provide stability to us. For everyone who's interested in using our online giving platforms, you can go to BethIsraelNow.com slash giving and you can find information, very easy to follow information about Giving Fire and PayPal. And yes, you can continue to send checks through the mail. You can use your bank, pay pace, uh, bank uh, bill pay system as well. And we will continue to receive your support in this way. Our Giving Fire and PayPal platforms are very secure. They're easy to set up and we've had no security breaches using either of these. Well, this has been an important night together, a time for Rabbi Yuri to share his heart, for me to share my heart. And I can tell you this, we speak together in one accord and we speak in one accord with our wives as well. So Rabbi Yuri, Rebbitz and Nina, Rebbitz and Sandy and I, we all have a heart of love towards you and towards the people in our congregation, the diversity in our congregation. And we have special care and concern for those who are part of the Mishpocha, who are black, who are people of color, 
and who have black and people of color in their family, black people in their family, brown people, every minority group that's in your family, we're standing with you as well. We have a heart for you and a care and concern for you. And we will stand in solidarity, know this. We care about you, we hear you, we love you, and we are concerned with you that the healing in this nation take place, the healing of racism and injustice. It's important that we all stand together with the prophets of Israel and with the God of Israel in this matter. Well, normally we close our service with Aaron's blessing. And even though Rabbi Yuri has already read from the scriptures, and I've read as well from those scriptures about Aaron's blessing from Numbers chapter six, we do wanna close tonight with that blessing as well. And then remember after this blessing, we will return to the painter home for final worship song. So gather together with your family and those who are with you and let's pray together. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you with all of his favor. May the Lord lift up his favor to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. So on behalf of my wife, Sandy, and myself, we say Shabbat Shalom to you. Now let's return to the painter home for a final worship song.